Yeah, man. All right. So we're going to start the podcast now. All right. Podcast is called Songwriters Therapy. Um, we'll start off. I'm here with Michael Samaniego. Hello. And uh, Mike, you want to tell us why you're here on this podcast? Um, well, Andrew and I um, were friends and uh, I saw he was doing a podcast and I said, hey, what's up? Let me do your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, yeah, no, I kind of got the gist of what it was all about, like songwriter therapy type thing. And I've been doing a lot of thinking as to like what songwriting is to me lately. Mm -hmm. You know, as a um, songwriter, I don't even consider myself a songwriter. I really like just have always said what came out naturally like whether it made sense or mm. not i never worried about like it being a song or it being cohesive just whatever usually fit and it's always usually something pretty sad yeah <laughs> i mean i i think that's actually a common theme um and uh i'm guessing it will be a common theme on this podcast as i start to do more this is the second episode we've recorded i i find songwriting tends to be um you know gravitates towards more uh like sad sad lyrically or or feeling wise or like you know we tend to write songs that like have kind of like that minor swing into it to make it yeah. feel a little little sadder but i think there's a a flip side to that too where um it's not just like we write sad songs naturally but i think people also gravitate towards sad songs and and i think there's this theme in songwriting that i really love and it's it's how listeners identify to to songs that people have written and they tend to like, you know, identify more with those sad songs. So I think it's it's a dual edged sword there where it's like not just the songwriter that um, that wants to write like that, but it's also the listener that wants to like consume that yeah. type of song. No, totally. I've always kind of I've always like rocked out hard the sad songs. Like it's weird. I mean, that's what I've always preferred. Yeah. Like when I'm as I mean, anybody who doesn't know, now you know. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all times is Modest Mouse. Mm -hmm. It's some some of the saddest lyrics you'll ever hear. Yeah, and um, but if you know you put some rock and drums behind it and some reverb and shit, dude, it sounds rad. It's still sad. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely. rad, but it's sad. Definitely. When uh, when did you get into Modest Mouse? Uh, I would say like probably like sixteen, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that band changed my life. It. Uh, I was listening to it and I was like holy shit music can do this mm -hmm. and then you know obviously there was shit that sounded like that before that but that was just kind of my first introductory to that type of like sound yeah that whole indie like lo-fi type thing yeah were you into music before that you know i was into like a lot of classic rock like Jimi mm -hmm. hendrix cream led zeppelin yeah you know just those like go hard like dad bands dude and like i was Super into that. Just kind of what my parents listened to. That's just mm -hmm. like I grew up listening to their records and whatever they played. Yeah. Would you say like uh, you're 16 and you discover Modest Mouse? Is that like a, you feel like that's a turning point for like Michael Samaniego, like the Definitely. character in life? Def dude, <laughs> definitely like i was like holy shit i just want to be that guy yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i'm gonna you do everything be, in my power uh, isaac brock dude i want <laughs> how do i like be him yeah no but it did it changed my whole like perspective on music i always like played like here and there i had a guitar mm -hmm. but i never like cared to learn anything until i kind of started getting into like you know i always before that i was listening to my parents music yeah and then like you know didn't even really want to pursue anything in music mm -hmm. but once i heard a certain sound i was like 
took off like that's a rocket. it yeah yeah did you uh so you said you played a little bit of guitar before you even had this like turning point uh did you write songs before then or were you just like no playing I, tabs and stuff dude not even that like i would hold it to look cool <laughs> <laughs> like it was i got it was pure like wow this is gonna rhyme but like i started out playing music for like my own vanity and then after mm -hmm. a while i used it as therapy to keep my own sanity oh oh, oh right, dude. Your notepad, dude. <laughs> yeah dude, dude i'll forget in five minutes yeah so. no but, that's a good one you know we, it, we recorded it though so dude, you'll always remember it's here it's in the, it's in the archives <laughs> yeah but truly i i got into it like just to kind of like i wanted to be in a band and rock out with the dudes and this this and that yeah but then i got in and like i said when i it kind of just became a therapy for me sure sure yeah uh, i i think um a lot of people kind of have that band that did it for them. Um, what and, was your band? Oh, uh, man. Uh, it, I feel like it's hard uh, to pin down for me because I, uh, I had like a lot of people that recommended a ton of great bands all at the same time. Uh, I want to say like Jets to Brazil, but I also like remember um, even before I played music, getting into the Beatles because I, I found the White Album at the Delta Flea Market. Oh. And uh, and I like had an old record player that we also probably found at the flea market, and I was like, yeah. "This is awesome! I'm gonna like play this." And dude, that goes, dude. I mean, I doubt you'd find the white album at the flea market nowadays, dude. Those I, are different I, different times. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> man, I got so many cool stuff at the at the flea market, like records and record players. Like, I had this awesome record player that had like double tape deck on there, so you could like tape records and stuff. Dude, those. I wish I best. still had that. Yeah, uh, I bet. Dude, awesome. Those things are classic. I mean, and they're probably like wherever they are. If they're not in like some junkyard, they're probably still kicking, dude. Yeah. Those yeah. I don't, last. I don't know why I got rid of it. I like upgraded to a CD player or something. Dude, I remember. <laughs> I have like a terrible memory of like, I when I like exactly like you got a CD player mm -hmm. and I threw away a shitload of tapes. Literally in the trash. Probably some awesome tapes too, I bet. I don't even like, well, again, I can't believe I'm even bringing it up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sounding like such an idiot. Dude, but I threw dude, them away. Your soul. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, can I cry on this thing? Yeah, dude, that's all what right. it's about. It's gonna happen. No, I remember like, dude, like I said, I upgraded to like CDs and I, I threw away like a box full of tapes and like, I wish I had that to this day. Mm -hmm. As you're, uh, as you're kind of uh, coming into to writing songs and actually uh, feeling, uh, feeling something different about music, uh, do you remember like your first experience trying to to write a song? Yes, dude, I, I do. And it was probably like, again, terrible. I actually remember this. I wrote it and it's like talking about like God. I was like just trying to be like as deep and like, as you know, yeah, yeah. cut as hard as I could. And then I remember I showed it to Brittany. You know, <laughs> I love you, Brittany, my girlfriend. I went and showed it to Brittany and she's like, you're talking about God a lot. <laughs> I was like, well... So it kind of like, I mean, it took, the wind, deep, it took the wind How, out of my sails is all like, I'm going to yeah. say. I was like, oh, shit. I mean, all right. How much more deep could you go? Dude, it, <laughs> dude, you talk about Allah, Buddha, yeah. all of them. Well, I'm, I mean, the thing is, I think like the first hundred songs are going to gonna suck sometimes unless yeah. you're like a prodigy. Um, I, yeah. I know like I probably have like a few notebooks full of songs before I actually was like, okay, this is something I can show my friends or something I, I, I can be proud of or actually feel. Um, I, I think like the the act of writing songs, just like playing an instrument is is a practice. And like I, you know, I think when I started out, I was like, okay, well, this has to be like about a romantic relationship. And this has to be, uh, 
you know, it has to be deep in some way. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I look back at my notebooks from when I was like 12 or 13 and I started trying to write songs. And I'm like, okay, like that's really bad music. And I was like, not authentic. And like, you know, even if it was like a stream of consciousness, it wasn't authentic because you haven't practiced that muscle yet. Yeah. Um. So for uh, sure, like, I, you know, you're trying, you're just doing your best to emulate what you think songwriting is. Yeah. You know? And yeah, like, exactly. It's like, and, and, Everybody, I mean, who sticks with it goes through that. I yeah. would think anyway. Yeah. Like I you mean, say, unless you're a prodigy. There's definitely like a growth arc. Yeah. I mean, I, there are people out there that are prodigies and, and you know, um, probably they just get it right away. You know, they speak that language. It's the same with just being a plain musician. You know, people can sit down at the piano and play Beethoven for the first time yeah. and be awesome. And then there's other people who got to practice at it. Yeah. Um, before they could write symphonies or play symphonies. So, and if they even, I don't care how how hard they practice. Sometimes you just can't write a symphony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of them. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about like your growth as a songwriter. Like, when when did you feel more competent and confident after? Uh, you know? I never. I, I'll say it to this day. I'm the biggest poser you'll ever meet. <laughs> I never. Uh, I don't. I still don't feel like a musician. But I think that's also what keeps me hungry. It's never not exciting for me. Yeah, I don't care what instrument I'm playing. It's always exciting for me um, because I just feel so lucky to be there. Going to play a song. I think it's probably like the third song I ever wrote. Okay, cool. And um, I mean, you've heard it before. Everybody's, I'm, I'm playing nothing new. Don't get excited, anybody. Nothing's premiering. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just kind of, I kept to some of the core songs that I, just the core songwriting mm -hmm. and um, just tried to make it simple. But I forgot where the hell I was going with that, but yeah. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. This podcast goes where you want it to go. Dude, I'm steer uh, dude, take the wheel I've back, got, dude, because I'll I've derail got, it right now. <laughs> I've got no script. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember questions that Dude, uh, no, there's a script right here. Don't let him lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole production team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my producer Roz. Yeah, dude. Be quiet, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Frasier reference. Yeah, I okay, that went that went over my head then. <laughs> it's all right. Because Frasier is a uh, is like a radio uh, therapist. Oh, dude, Frasier. Yeah, yeah, I know of Frasier. You know, but I never watched. You Frasier. might know. You might know him as uh, Sideshow Bob. No, I know him as. Um, oh, you don't watch from cartoons. Cheers. Oh yeah, from Cheers. He's from yeah. Cheers, dude. Yeah, dude, a, a barfly from Cheers. That's what I know him as. That dude, he was <laughs> he was a depressed man in Cheers. Yeah, seen um, that way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit more about like uh, about your songwriting process. Like, what what happens when there's no song to the the time that you're like releasing a song out to people? Um, I, I like again, like I'll just usually come up with something. I'll go and I'll write the guitar part, whatever it may be. Sure. And um, then I'll just kind of like I don't want to say like freestyle, but freestyle over it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one to over like think lyrics. Yeah. Once if something fits, sounds cool, means something to me, and like I don't, it doesn't necessarily need to make sense or mean anything to anybody else. But mm -hmm. as long as it just kind of sounds good, then I stick with it. And a lot of my songs they don't make sense. Yeah. They're just a bunch of jumbled random sad thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it, kind of that stream of consciousness, like get it get it out there so yeah. it's not inside. It, dude, exactly. <laughs> and that's like I said, like it usually like I started out just wanting to like, you know, play anything that sounded cool. And then it came like, mm -hmm. oh man, this like this makes me it's like getting a good cry session in, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. I mean I think that's part of what I want this podcast to to highlight is um, 
the process of, of writing is a way to really take these feelings that are inside of you, whether you could really put them into words that make sense or not and release it out to the world. Um, you know, like sometimes you got to cry on your guitar, you know, like Taylor Swift. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I'll cry on my guitar. I yeah, probably, dude. Yeah. Not maybe later. Maybe Andrew. later. Yeah. La- later, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. It's coming. We'll, we'll break it down. Yeah, I know. Um, again, just like on the whole songwriting process thing, though, I definitely like I don't like to go in with kind of a story in mind, too. Mm-hmm. I just like I don't even that's when I've, I've I've tried that. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I have friends that can like, you know, their plan of attack. Boom. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, they've got it, the format. They, they yeah. know the story. Exactly. They're, I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of different types of songwriters, but you also have those songwriters that are like, man, they could be English majors. They're so like, um, dude, poetic. Po- yeah. Poetic. Dude. And, and I would, you know, like uh, narrative driven and witty with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I feel like I've, I've never been like that either as, as far as like uh, my own process. I'll, I love Los Beekeepers writing. I love Thank the you. writing you do. You. Like it's actually like, I got to say like one of the main reasons why I'm here is, and you, you talking about songwriting is, <laughs> is awesome to me because I love your songwriting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, on the first podcast, I was like, I don't want to insert myself into your story. And, uh, the first oh, part, dude, podcast at was, Los Beekeepers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean like, you know, this, this podcast is about, about you, Michael yeah. and your songwriting, but, um, you know, I was chatting with Cheyenne afterwards and she's like, no, like people want, you know, you're, you're a songwriter and that's why you're talking to me. So exactly. You know, I'm excuse me if I'm like, well, in most beekeepers, we do it like, this, yeah, you know, no, dude, I mean, this is, I know, I mean, it's probably, this is also therapy for you too. Yeah. Man, yeah. With you and your friends, dude. Yeah. It's just, you, I love getting it out there. I love chatting about songwriting and, uh, I'm glad we finally got to make this podcast and I'm super psyched that, uh, you know, uh, someone that I've been so close with, uh, um is able to to be here for like the early early days yeah no i saw i saw it and i was like you know again uh, let's rekindle this dude yeah dude <laughs> dude we didn't start the fire but we're gonna get it back going dude, again. <laughs> I'll, dude i'll start dude i got the match right here dude yeah yeah um so uh back to songwriting your current uh, like songwriting project is uh, still called Fugue State, right? Yes, Fugue cool. State. Tell me like the history of uh, of Fugue State. Like, um, when did you start playing under that pseudonym? Like, how long you've been doing it? What's the what's the like the big picture there? Oh man, um, I wish there was a cooler story, but I was like super into Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and there's in like a couple episodes where Walter White leaves his house to go you know, make meth and he claims to, he tells his wife he went into a fugue state, Mm -hmm. which is kind of an involuntary blackout. Like, I think I read something about disassociative amnesia. Yeah. It's actually like a, um, like a psychology term. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you probably know more about the term than I do. (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) I just thought it was, I thought it sounded cool. It was catchy. It kind of, it it doesn't necessarily like look that good on paper, I feel like, Mm -hmm. but it, tends to roll off people's tongues once they figure out what it is yeah and that kind yeah. of stuck with me and so i just kind of like named it and like that's one of my favorite shows of all time mm-hmm. so it just kind of like stuck in my head and when that came about i'd say about 2012 2013 i started doing open mics at Warlow's, mm-hmm. and um 
I literally like wrote it down as a joke <laughs> and it and then it just stayed. Yeah. And, like people were like, Oh, that's a sick name. And it did, I didn't ever have like when I first started, I didn't have a full band. It was just mm-hmm. me with a guitar. And I would even like, dude, I had a guitar I had an acoustic guitar, a kick drum that I would beat with my right foot, and a tambourine I'd beat with my left foot. So it was <laughs> kind of like a like a skiffle yeah. band, if you will, dude. Mm-hmm. One one man band, dude. One dude, that was me. Uh, Dick Van Dyke and and Mary Poppins. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dude. No, it's cool. Dropping dude. all these references. Yeah, dude. On your you. references go deep. <laughs> like, I wasn't a big Mary Poppins guy, <laughs> dude. It's actually an awful movie. I but I believe a, it, but it's a, a classic. Wonder, it's a wonderful character. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I the spoonful of medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you just remember the songs, but like if you watch that movie, it's like two hours of like nonsense, and then like. Some good songs. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Fugue State, I think the first time I, I saw you or met you, you were performing under Fugue State. It was at Blackwater Cafe. I think Geo played. I played. You played. And I want to say Billy might have played that oh, wow. day too. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but Geo definitely played because you played drums for him. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then we added each other on Facebook, and then we didn't talk for like three years. Probably longer. <laughs> Probably. Long- I actually remember all that, dude, for sure. I remember like thinking, like, "Holy shit, this guy's like hella good. What is he doing no here?" Way. I. That's just what I mean. I don't know. I mean, how many beers I had that night? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, maybe that was it. But no, for real, I remember thinking, like, "Damn, dude, this dude's hella good. Was like, he should, you know, he should be elsewhere." Thanks, dude. I yeah. appreciate that uh i'm i'm here i'm here to stay though Dude, uh, we all are <laughs> no don't, i mean like i left and left stockton and and uh and came back and i feel like uh what i feel like one constant thing in my life has always been uh whatever i'm doing it has to also be good for my like musical life and maybe there's some things that i did that weren't that great like when i when i did move away from stockton um the first time it made it really hard for for the band that I was playing in at the time, and we eventually like we never broke up. We just, you know, yeah. we just didn't keep playing. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, that happens, dude. Like, it, you know, dude, and it, it happens. I'm I'm still like best friends with one of the dudes from that band, and he plays in you know Los Beekeepers now. Um, yeah, that's uh my uh, my boy Brandon, who right. uh, who plays bass in Los Beekeepers. Shout out to Brandon. Yeah, dude. shout out to Brandon. Yeah, like uh, moving back to Stockton was like definitely for a lot of different reasons uh, that like just made things better in life. But one of them is absolutely like music. Like, um, there's a lot of music here, dude. There, like people don't realize that. Like, you know, I I lived uh, I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for um, you know over five years, and it was awesome to be able to go to a lot of concerts that you know touring bands came through yeah but like to be a musician out there like i played like a couple open mics and like maybe one coffee shop show and it's just not like uh it's not easy you know no here in stockton there's certain aspects that aren't easy like for sure that's for sure but like the the community of people here and the way that people support each other and accept each other like um as I've got older, I've realized like how special a place uh, Stockton is, especially for like you know um, musicians and uh, and you artists. Know, song- like, artists, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, and, 
you know, I, I think if we keep supporting that and keep pushing that, and that's part of what this, this podcast is about, you know, I'm obviously going to have a ton of people from Stockton here. Yeah. It's, you know, if we keep pushing it and keep supporting it, you know, we'll keep it vibrant and maybe with every, with everything that we do to try to support it, we'll make it a little bit better, hopefully. Yeah. And like to touch on what you're saying about San Francisco and whatnot, I just feel like there's so much to do there. So nobody really cares. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like, and it's hard, like I go see bands there all the time and it's some of like the they're pretty big bands, pretty mm-hmm. big deal. And um, they're playing sometimes dead shows because there's just so yeah. much to do. Like, you know, no one's going to give a shit about some fucking indie band coming from out of town. Yeah. You know, especially let's or, or some, you know, dude playing at a cafe. There's just mm-hmm. dude, too much to do. Yeah. Yeah. I Sensory mean, overload. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say like, especially, especially for the, like the unknown that's playing at a, at a, you know, coffee shop oh, or dude, something. Yeah. You're like a whisper in the wind. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to drink my latte here. Dude, I'm drinking my latte. I'm, trying, I'm at work. I'm on my laptop yeah, here. Could you yeah. please turn that no, down? <laughs> I just came here for the Wi-Fi. I didn't Ex- ask for this. Dude, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing more discouraging like yeah. than playing an open mic while somebody has their headphones in. Like, you know, yeah. we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to hate on on the Bay Area though, because you know, obviously, people have made it there, and I have like friends who are musicians there that are yeah. probably doing well. I just personally didn't make it to the point where I Dude, was like, you I've, know, able to do anything. You for know? sure, it's. A, I mean, I'm not. I just don't. I'm not tapped into that community. Yeah, and that's yeah. just you know, obviously, I'm not even. I'm really not from Stockton. I've only been here since like 2011. Stockton has been so good to me. Yeah. And people complain. I mm-hmm. hear a lot of bad things still. You know, people rag on it. But I always say it's what you make of it. It's yeah. where you hang out. It's what you decide to do. Exactly. It's what you, you know, who you decide to hang out with. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's like, I got, I'm, I don't want to knock on wood or something, dude, but I've never even like had my car window busted into. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, we'll have a lot of bad things to say, but I've never had a bad thing happen here. Yeah. That's good. I had uh, <laughs> again knock on knock on wood. Yeah. When I was like seventeen, I had my car stolen as I was like eating cereal, eating breakfast. I think you, you know? told me about this one yeah, time. I was just like, I hear my dad saying, like, did Andrew leave for school already? And then I'm like, What are you talking about? And I go outside and my car's gone. Yeah. So well, never, never seen again. Never seen again? Yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, my family's had a couple cars stolen out here and they'd always turn up, you know, someone had a joyride, but that particular car. What kind of car was it? Uh, it was a 1968 uh, convertible VW Beetle. So, dude, that's, so that's, they, they stole it for, you know, they, you, they went to a chop shop dude, and they sold off those parts for say, like yeah, they, more than it was worth. For sure, dude. Yeah. Your shit got chopped up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what happened. I mean, it was a rare car. So like uh, there's a demand for parts for. Yeah. Know. I mean, yeah, that sounds like a cool I car. get it. You know, you got <laughs> yeah. to sell parts somehow. Dude. Yeah, that's ter- it's a terrible hustle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one hustle you can knock. He's hydrating everybody, just so you know. Yeah, sorry about that. Dude, don't be sorry. You got to stay hydrated. Yeah, dude. Um, I-, I feel like when I'm playing shows, uh, I'm one of those people that's like immediately, w- or when I'm playing a show oh. that I'm singing, like between every single, I'm like, look, look, thank oh, you. I-, I-, I played shows with you. I remember yeah. you and your water. <laughs> Oh man, you gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> Dude, I think <clears throat> we played the deliberation room one time, and you knew Mike was coming, and mm. Mike from Los Beekeepers. 
uh, Mike, you like called him and had him stop by Trader Joe's <laughs> to get you good water. Yeah, I, I was like, good water, man. Dude, and I was like, at that point, I was like, this dude doesn't fuck around when it comes <laughs> to his water. I think he brought me Safeway water, but it was good water, man. Dude, that son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, Mike's the Mike's the yeah, sweetest. Dude, no, Mike's a cool dude. <laughs> Do you have like any particular song that you maybe want to play? uh today that maybe you want to talk a little bit about that song in particular whether i know you said like your songs don't necessarily have like uh you know a coherent story but um maybe talk about like your feelings about that song how like how maybe it's helped you or something like that um again like i'll write things and they sound like you know it just there's no really um rhyme or reason to why i say anything in them Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, you know, I write, I was like, I write about things that I've never even experienced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just something just come out. And um, I really, honestly, like, I could never, I couldn't explain my songs. I could never do that. Yeah. I could just say, here they are. Mm-hmm. I tried to make them as good as I could. And yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I, I'd say that's fair. I, I think I'm looking more for, like, how does the song that you've written that you love how does that make you feel? These ones that I'm going to play for you today, I guess to sum it up in one word would be nostalgic. Nostalgic? I wrote them a long time ago. Like mm-hmm. I said, I moved to Stockton from in like 2011. I'm from Turlock. And um, I wrote probably, I think the songs I'm going to play for you today, I wrote in Turlock. Mm-hmm. I wrote them in my bedroom by myself in my childhood home. Yeah. So like the, these songs are near and dear to me and they mm-hmm. always will be and i've um kind of like i didn't like them at first and i was embarrassed of them and but i put them out mm-hmm. and uh people dig people were digging it out you know whoever yeah. if i had one person digging <laughs> it that was rad to me yeah so yeah no i'd um they're just nostalgic cool how long ago did you write them um i'd say I'd say 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I have new stuff, definitely. It's it's all, I mean, I, I would be lying if it said it's unfinished. But yeah. there, I just don't have it down enough to I play. understand. Like, that's really like, in, and I'm not one to even care about, like, it sounding, like, super perfect. But it's just, um, you know, if I'm going to play something on the podcast, and play something I'm good at. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I still play songs from 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I think we're at an age now that uh 10 years ago we weren't that young <laughs> dude no yeah we're and we weren't that young 10 years ago and we're still no spring chicken yeah so. i mean except now i look back and like what 10 years ago um in our early 20s um people that age do seem very young but you know dude i, see I, I think that's that's a good age to be like writing a song that is like meaningful and heartfelt and you know there's no there's no real wrong age i i've Definitely listen to uh, to people like um, one of my favorite artists, Ben Queller. Have you listened to Ben Queller? I can't say I've heard of him. I can't. Oh, yeah, I he's definitely like a, a prodigy. I would say like he's writing great songs at sixteen. Younger, you know? younger dude, older dude now. Uh, he's older than us, not by much. I, I don't oh. think, but um, but yeah, writing great songs back when you know. You talked a little bit about like uh, you know, Modest Mouse being like an influence on you, but as far as like inspiring you to play music and and want to be a songwriter singer songwriter um do you have like any other other like influence whether it's like a musician or not maybe it's like you know um 
I would other influences. The Dodos were really big to me around that same time. Yeah. And um, their percussive kind of like the way he would strum mm-hmm. and just kind of like stick to a chord. But, you know, he would, it was just a really aggressive, aggressive, pretty way of playing. And that, that always stuck out. That kind of style, it's like definitely a style. And that's always stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, but I really like, I, you know, what's funny is like, I like a lot of different bands, but I'll only like like two of their songs, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's fine. and it's, um, you know, it's, uh, I get stuck on that. I've been into like this phosphorescent song lately, mm-hmm. but like the rest of their songs are trash <laughs> and so, to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, and like, you know, it art being subjective. So yeah, I, I just get kind of like, I listen to a lot of different bands, but just like, want cherry pick their songs yeah yeah for sure uh other than being a, a singer songwriter in fugue state you also are a musician that you played in other bands you know yeah. dirty pillows kill a uh, whale kill a whale dad jokes dad jokes and um i th- i don't think many people know about this one but there was a we even have like a, a video on youtube um it's called it's a the band's called brass tax and it's called beach cough nice you've told me about brass tax before and that like that was the one of the first bands I started playing drums in. Okay. And um, I went to I went to school, believe it or not. I went to school for two years for drums. Mm-hmm. I played jazz drums. Yeah. Real, I faked my way through that. Trust <laughs> me. Like, I realized I wasn't good enough for that. that, yeah. was, that was, those... It's all improv jazz, though, right? Uh, I'm just you kidding. Would, it sounds like, ah, <laughs> uh, dude, there, there seemed to be a lot of notes involved. A lot of, yeah. Uh, uh, no, yeah, dude. Uh, I, I just, like, I went there. I froze up played like a couple brushes like mm-hmm. the the teacher really was kind enough to like take me under his wing and saw that I was learning and kind of just like put me on the songs where he thought I'd fit yeah and um he didn't expect much of me mm-hmm. which but you know not like in a bad way just like yeah. he didn't he was like okay do what you can mm-hmm. and I really like his name was Mr. Mackey I don't know if anybody went to MJC but he was like dude that guy uh, like anything that I've done today mm-hmm. I really thank that teacher for yeah and it's been lucky enough to have a teacher like that that's awesome and so that being dude so like you think like you think like rock dudes go hard partying those jazz guys <laughs> dude the, they're on a whole different plane man like that's um yeah i know those dudes are crazy like i realized how like fucked up musicians can be yeah, you know yeah. i mean you know you play hard you play hard dude and they're not even dude they're playing soft and they go hard <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the, you know it's quite they make like again they make like the rock guys like yeah look like a bunch of you know nancy boys <laughs> <laughs> that's funny were you like a guitar player songwriter uh for a while before you started playing drums in bands or or like how no i never happened? i never had a band prior to me going to school mm-hmm. but again like i picked up the guitar as a teenager and I just tried to look as cool as possible with it and yeah. never like took it seriously and then i got a drum set and i found that like kind of to be you know i'm no like john bonham i'm a very mm-hmm. meat and potatoes type of drummer i'd say you're a little bit like john bonham <laughs> well thank you stylistically um, though really well that means a ton i love him <laughs> and um but yeah no uh i just kind of um I saw, I found the drums was easiest for me to catch on. Yeah. So it's like go get in where you fit in. And mm-hmm. so then I was like, you know, I never had any type of aspirations to make music a career. 
I when especially back then, I was like, dude, I just want to like be able to make some type of like cohesive noise with my friends, <laughs> you know, like just yeah. make it sound kind of cool. And that's what music is, right? Cohesive dude, noise. Cohesive Sometimes, noise, dude. If you, if unless you're Novocaine, <laughs> dude, you said it. No, I'm just kidding. I never even heard Novocaine, you know. Uh, but no, like I just, I never, I just wanted to make something. Yeah, out of nothing. yeah. I always thought that, like, I always thought that was super cool, dude. Like just to. There's nothing, nothing like the feeling of just writing something and you kind of yeah make your own hairs rise, you know? Yeah. I mean, music is one of those art forms where you're kind of making something out of nothing. But with music, literally, like if you don't record it, once it's done, it's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I have things that I wish I would have recorded. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Do you ever, you ever get that feeling where it's like you remember a song you're like, oh, I wrote that song. I might even remember the name. Maybe it's not a song. Maybe it's a lick or or a drum fill or something. And you you like just can't pull it out of your head. Like you can hear like almost a whisper of it, but you're like, oh man, I, I fucking know I wrote that song. How did it go? Dude, that's me most of the time. That's me. That's that's like most of my musical, you know, doings is I just can't like I yeah I hear it in my head, but I can't make my hands do what my mind wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in uh, in Futurama, they they say you have the stupid fingers. Yeah, I have some pretty stupid fingers. I, <laughs> you, I mean, you I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like, uh, being uh, being a musician, like drummer specifically, like, has being maybe like a songwriter separately from that, uh, informed the way you play drums in any way, or like, uh, given you an appreciation for what you're doing in in those bands. Definitely, I feel like. I'll, I'll never consider myself a songwriter or like some kind of god. I mean, that's musician. what this, uh, but this know, podcast is about. That I, much, I, yeah. So. No, well, I, I, I faked my way on here like everything else. Trust me. Um, no, like I just, I, I, coming from someone who had like wild ass drummers mm-hmm. that could barely keep a fucking beat when, and that's all, when I was writing songs, that's all I wanted. I didn't want somebody. Yeah. To you go, had Damn. drummers playing for your songs that were kind of, that, wild that and they yeah. they were playing wild and i didn't need that yeah so when i started playing drums i kind of always thought about what the song needed mm-hmm. and put my own like vanity aside when it came to needing to just kind of do shitloads of fills yeah you know i just stuck to what made the song sound good yeah and that's kind of I, i'd say that's like the most desirable uh type of type of drummer for for a songwriter is like yeah. you know you're writing to the song not to the drum set exactly like dude some people like you can hear they just they just want to go off yeah and like and they're good at it yeah and they make it work but yeah like that's just this is not who i am yeah for sure yeah i mean i i think that's something that like uh other songwriters appreciate and um and at the end of the day you're you're a part of like uh you know this uh musical creation that you know hopefully you enjoy sometimes it's a headache sometimes yeah. it's sometimes i don't feel like practicing sometimes mm-hmm. i i mean as you know my band room is my garage my garage is my band room <laughs> uh i don't even sometimes i don't even want to see that fucking room for weeks yeah <laughs> but is that I, is that like uh like a little bit of burnout from playing like pop songs or or is it burnout from music in general it's burnt out from constantly trying to create something new and I feel like I'm out of ideas. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of like frustrated. Mm-hmm. It comes from a, it comes from a point of frustration. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I, I just need to kind of like 
And that's funny too. Like whenever I take that break, I'm, that's when I listen to the most music. Mm-hmm. Is when I like I don't always listen. You're taking to music. a break from playing, now you're like absorbing. Exactly, dude. Like, and that's kind of where I mean, um, it's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I've just been like taking a break from going super hard with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, practicing every day. I'm yeah. just I'm taking a break from that to kind of just like reconfigure what I want to do because I you know as you know i play drums predominantly yeah i want to start making you know fugue state a thing again yeah yeah i mean not like i want to take over the world with it but i just want to be (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i just want to kind of uh dude take over take over uh pacific avenue with it dude well that's already mine yeah (laughs) (laughs) you better get your ass off pacific avenue the neighborhood (laughs) dude get your ass out of there because i'm i'm already there yeah um yeah that's awesome so uh I feel like I've seen via the internet that Fugue State has played maybe one or two shows this year. Um, not, not often. Like how how often do you guys or do you do you with whoever else is playing with you? Um, it's a revolving door, yeah, yeah. People, dude. I mean that those that's like an awesome uh, format for a band. You know, I know a lot of cool bands that have worked that way. But um, I guess my my question is like, uh, how often are you playing? Do you have anything coming up? Anything like um, that? No, I'm free to anybody out there throwing a show. Uh, no, I don't have anything coming up, but it's not like I've been actively seeking that right yeah, now. Yeah. As, I mean, like, this is kind of like my first kind of like yeah. getting my foot back in the water. Yeah, for thing. sure. But I mean, I I will. It'll yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on just how, like, what you want to do with it. Like, uh, you know, for, for Los Beekeepers, we um, play like once or twice a year and it's like I, my approach so far for the past couple of years has been someone asks me to play a show or I see a show I really want to play. And then I ask, you know, yeah. I'm never like actively like emailing and messaging. And, yeah. That's not know. my strong point either. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just kind of, if I see some friends playing a show, yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why didn't you invite me to play that show? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurt. It's, it's either, it's either someone asks you or you hop on, you know, yeah, which I'm, is, it's a fun way to do it. You know, yeah. like it feels good when someone asks you and like, if you hop on, it's probably for a good reason too. Yeah. No. And like back, like before, uh, like when I was playing with Kill a Whale, mm-hmm. we were in a collective called the Morlocks. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of those like shows we would throw were just kind of like the same bands, like that we were like our buddy bands, sister mm-hmm. bands. Um, they were that we would put those on because we got hit up as a collective yeah. by somebody touring. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Oh, we're running through here from wherever. Uh, can you hook up with the show?" So we'd always just throw our core group of friends out there, and then yeah. with the touring band. So you know, <laughs> nice. that, that that was and it was we stayed like Killer Whale stayed active that way, and just kind of like became embedded in their scene mm-hmm. at their time. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of like how they did it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what's uh what's like the the dream for Fugue State as you're like trying to relight the fire here? Like you wanna I just wanna play some rad shows. Definitely play more shows. Yeah. I wanna I want I'm I don't I record all my own shit yeah in my garage. Mm -hmm. Um as again, as you know. Yeah. Um record everything in there. Always have, always for Fugue State, I for the time being I always will. Yeah. And uh, I just wanna like play some rad shows with my friends dude yeah like kind of get back to the basics i Mm -hmm. miss i miss that yeah yeah uh, you know it's it's i don't want to play for high stakes you just kind of want to have fun 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think regardless of what you're doing with music, whether it's, you know, I mean, I've never experienced this, but playing a stadium or, uh, I mean, one of my life goals, uh, whether it's like to no one at all, it's not a life goal. It's just a like, wouldn't it be crazy if, uh, if I could play Red Rocks in uh, in Colorado, and that I know that festival, that's, right? No, no, Red Rocks is uh, it's just a uh, like an amphitheater. amphitheater. Yeah, it's okay. a huge one. Um, probably never happened for me, but if anyone out there in podcast land is like uh, you know national, like if they book Death Cab or something, and they want to throw me on as an opener, that'd be awesome. So, dude, <laughs> get a Death Cab. But but the thing is, like you know, Low Beekeepers has a song called Geology Rocks. Yeah. And Red Rocks is this like beautiful amphitheater, like carved into like the natural, like uh, like red. Um, right, I think you I know, know what like you're talking about now. Or yeah, whatever it is. And uh, and how cool would it be to play Geology Rocks in in Red Rock? Red Rock. Rather, whether it's like maybe I'll find someone who's a custodian there and I'll just let me in, <laughs> dude. And just play to him or her, dude. That'd uh, be awesome. Slip him a twenty. Trust yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> they could use it. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was. Uh, I was going. Oh, I was just going to say, regardless of where you are playing or what your your goals or achievements are, like if you're not doing it for fun, then you know, like I I think that shows through. You know, like yeah. you don't seem as authentic. And and at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with it, like whatever your job is, you know, yeah, like for sure. Why why are you doing that job? And well, that's like a first world opinion. You know, like I'm sure there's people that are like, you know, they yeah. got to work their job because they got to work their job. And I yeah, I understand that, but music yeah. music you know you don't gotta you got, don't you, gotta do music you don't have to do shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can live on the streets if you'd like yeah. but uh no um yeah that's very that's super true you just and I've, I've had to like you know i've had uh problems in my life you know i was drinking too much at one time partying too much and that kind of went hand in hand with music for me was mm-hmm. drinking and partying too much yeah so i've had to reteach myself how to enjoy music a couple times in my life. Yeah. Cause I got, that's used, interesting. I got used to it. Yeah. One way. And I was like, I had to kind of back up, recenter myself and figure out why the fuck I doing in the first place. Yeah. And that's where I'm, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's uh that's life in general. As you like mature and get older, you realize there's these points where you have to like look outside of yourself and go like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, for sure. Like how, how do I need to like realign? I think like, um, I do that every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but dude. Come Monday, dude. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think that's like the, the step towards recovery is, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is it that it's turned into an AA session, dude? <laughs> no, I mean any type of recovery, you know, emotional yeah. or, or, yeah, uh, no, or for sure. And like, substance. there's a lot, there's a lot going on. I mean, we all have shit going on in our personal lives. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, that's what feeds into to playing music, whether I mean, you know, sometimes playing music will affect your personal life and vice versa. Definitely. Know? Yeah. Both of those have happened for sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, is there like any uh, anything you want to plug, like where people can find uh, Fugue State or uh, or anything else you're passionate about? Uh, you could look up Fugue State on Facebook and then uh, on Instagram at It's Fugue State. And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. yeah, like that's. I don't know if you want to plug your SoundCloud, but I, I, uh, oh, I did a little research to try to find you. Yeah. On, on just on the internet, and I, I think uh, I realized your SoundCloud is uh, the, rhinos. the rhinos, dude. So I started that <laughs> as my old dude. I forget. I forget about that. Dude, tell I the story, dude. Okay, so I had a band called the Rhinos, and then like I switched the name to Fugue State. 
but somehow like that whatever the hell that's called you're more savvy when it comes to that kind of shit like it I don't know how to the change ti- the title on the on, fucking uh, title. Yeah, well, it's the URL that's not the, changed. Okay, I didn't want to sound stupid. Yeah. yeah, the URL <laughs> is what I need to change. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I've never had to change a Spotify URL. There might be an option, or maybe you're, well, you're just screwed. You're gonna help me with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like it. Uh, yeah, uh, SoundCloud.com/slash the Rhinos. Dude, no, it's, it's it's dude. I, again, I never like took a professional approach to it <laughs> with this band. Um, but it's the, the link to my SoundCloud is on my Instagram and Facebook. There you go. Yeah. So if you at go there, it's Fugue State. It's at it's Fugue State on Instagram and Fugue State on Facebook. Cool. Awesome. Um, so what we'll do is we'll take a little, uh, break and then, uh, we'll record a song. All right. Or two. Put my pants back on. Yeah. About time. This song's called 2AM. I said, 
song's called You Won't. I stay 
சொல்ல மாட்டேன்